Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Film Sock Podcast. I'm Abby. And uh, I'm Louie. And today we're going to be talking about Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> I uh, mean, I guess it's Fantastic Beasts yeah. Part 2, but mm. it's not really Fantastic Beasts. It was not really fantastic either. No, it really wasn't. Uh, before we really dive in, warning for spoilers, guys. Uh, mm. So if you want to be spoiled, go <laughs> right ahead. It's not really worth it, but... Um. Mm. Okay, so um, I saw this film yesterday. So it's still quite fresh in my mind. And I remember leaving the cinema with a huge uh, frustration of the whole movie, really. Yeah, no, I was, I saw it last week. I was the same. I, I walked out of the movie and I was just like, wow, <laughs> I thought nothing could get worse than Cursed Child. <laughs> uh, I was, I was wrong. How is it possible that Johnny Depp was not the worst part of that movie? Yeah, that was shocking, actually. Like, it all, I always had the hope in the back of my head that the movie was not going to end that quickly and on that note but it just was basically i felt like it was a huge filler and like a, just a massive setup for the next three movies because it's a there's five movies in total i think how are they doing five movies i don't get it i have <laughs> no idea how y they can fit that much but I, w if they continue on the same like line of this movie i can see how they could potentially just squeeze all of it out. Right, but is it worth squeezing all of it out when you're just destroying <laughs> the will of the fan base to yeah. like watch like every single fandom review that I've seen? Like I'm not talking critics, I'm talking fandom has been this movie was not worth me paying money to go mm. see. That was the gist of the review. It was just like, it's too big. And the characters do things that are completely inexplicable. Like, Queenie, like, what? Why would she ever do that? Like, like <laughs> in what world does the woman who we saw in Fantastic Beast 1 side with Grindelwald? Mm. As much <laughs> as she loves Jacob. Like, that just, no. Mm. It, it just seemed completely inexplicable, really. It, it destroyed the... It it seemed like the first movie served little to no purpose. It's just a completely different plot line, it seems. It's a completely different plot line. It's completely different characters. Hmm. And it was... It really destroyed the bond that, for me, was the reason why Fantastic Beast 1 was, hmm. like, remotely saved, was the bond between Newt... Yeah. And Tina mm. and Queenie and, and Jacob. Like that that was destroyed. Completely. That was just completely dead. And like the one good thing I can say, Ezra Miller is a rock star. Mm. Like he is so so good. Like that credence performance, like just the way that he kind of reacted to that to the end reveal and and, and the way that he and Nagini, I can't think of her as anything yeah. but Nagini, um, which is, we'll talk about that later. There's a lot of problems with that. Yeah. Um, but, like, the way that he and Nagini bonded, like, I really like mm, that idea was, of, like, props to them. Like, props to them for, like, that was, 
by far the best part of the movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, I do have like there was a positive side to it. Like the what really um, disturbed me in the first movie was how they did the CGI. I thought it was really odd in the first movie, and it really put me off the whole thing. But coming into it, um, I had a bit of how it was better, and I was actually quite positively surprised. I thought they did quite a good job on the visual effects, more so than in the first movie. I did not notice that, but I'm going to take your word for it. (laughs) It just seemed, in the first movie, it didn't quite fit in as well as it did in the second one. Everything seemed off. It seemed like it was rushed a bit, I feel. And in the second, it really like blended in really well. It se- it was really seamless. I don't know if you're... I mean, I did think it was seamless, but I also thought that that was a deliberate choice because, mm. um, because part one was set in New York, was set in a more kind of muggle town mm. or muggle city. And so... I thought it was almost a deliberate choice to make the visual effects seem a little bit more off because Mm. it's meant to be it's meant to be out of place. Whereas the bulk of the second movie, the bulk of Crimes of Grindelwald takes place in magical London. Mm. Yeah, I can can see how that could be deliberate. Yeah, Um, I got disturbed by quite a few things that are not just the general plot line. Um, They did. Things like tiny phrases at the end, like a, a lot of the time, less dialogue can be more. And they, uh, at the line, we're in very critical situations, they just added one or two words, like a punchline, where there shouldn't have been a punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it's just, I was talking about Mad Max Fury Road today mm-hmm. with somebody, and like that's a great example of where you don't really need dialogue to do a good story and to show emotion. And I feel like where Crimes of Grindelwald, for me at least, really, really faltered was they let the world and the plot take over the characters. And yeah, the Harry Potter world is great, but the reason why we fell in love and we kept coming back is because we fell in love with the characters. And that is what I feel is the problem with Fantastic Beasts as a whole, for now at least, is that we're going too too rapidly into the action. Like, in the Harry Potter series, we got a few, the first episodes, really, until probably the Goblet of Fire, I'd say, were really, like, getting to know the characters, really, like, creating a bond with them, where... On after it was action, 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 but we actually identified with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's straight into the action, really no consideration for anything else. And the only character that we really have any idea of who's a main character? Oh yeah, he's the villain. Yeah. Like, like we literally the only guy that we know really anything about, and what we know is his relationship with Dumbledore is Grindelwald. Like that was just. To me, that was inexplicable because the one thing that the readers, who are the people going to see this movie, like, let's not be real and say that non-Harry Potter lovers Mm. loved the first movie and would have gone back to to see the second Mm -hmm. movie. This is a movie that the hardcore fans will go to. And the fact that they inexplicably decided, oh, yeah, we're just going to forget about the whole revelation about Dumbledore and Grindelwald and the thing that, like, 
intrigued everybody about the fact that you were doing Grindelwald. Hmm. We're just going to make that not a thing because we're homophobic douchebags. Yeah, yeah. It was really handled in a very bad way. It, it just makes no sense. Why would they do that? Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it was hint it it wasn't say explicitly that they were together. It was hinted very strongly at the beginning of the movie. And afterwards we don't hear anything about it except that at the end he can't fight Grindelwald because they have a um a life pact, I think. I think it's some sort of blood pact that uh, no, um I don't remember. It's a unbreakable vow. Because they have an unbreakable vow between each other. And that's why they can't save it. Which doesn't make sense. Because yeah. isn't it at the end that Dumbledore defeats Grindelwald? Like, that's his claim to fame. That's why he, that's why he like, yeah, he's like a professor. And mm. he's really, like, he's loved by his students. But a reason why he becomes so powerful within the magical community by the time we get to act to the actual mm -hmm. Harry Potter books is because he defeats Grindelwald. Yeah. Him not being able to defeat Grindelwald basically means that every single thing, like the reason for his power is a lie, mm. which makes every single thing that we already thought of as manipulative in the Harry Potter books, which... Let's be fair. He did a lot of manipulative stuff. It's true, yeah. Um, like, it looks even worse if you think about, wait, he's lying about the fact that he um, that he defeated Grindelwald? Like, is, is, is that a lie now? Because if, if there's a blood pact that they can't fight each other, or an unbreakable vow, whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, then does he break the unbreakable vow? But we know from everything with Snape and Narcissa, yeah. that breaking the unbreakable vow means that you die. Mm. And he's not dead. And Grindelwald isn't dead because Voldemort goes and gets the Elder Wand from Grindelwald. So, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, either that, or there is, there's a hint at the end of the movie. It's like one line. There's this whole, a bit far-fetched, like Quiffler, I think is the name of the, the magical beast, that just takes that what seems to be the, the unbreakable vowel keychain necklace thing. And if that is, and they hint, Newt hints, oh, can you actually break the vowel now that you have this? And the way, they're probably going to find a way to break it. But, but it just seems really incoherent. Like, the way in the which they're going to do it, which I have no idea, is just going to, I struggle to see how they can find a good way to make to make this work. Like, I think that's where we're really seeing the failure of the writing is that, like, J.K. Rowling had a massive amount of time to plan the Harry Potter books. And, I mean, she there was that three-year-long summer where between four and five mm -hmm. where it was three years because she was basically replotting the entire thing. Like, she literally has said that she replotted it. Like, there's a lot of hints in book four about, like, characters potentially dying that, like, fans figured out. And then that doesn't end up happening because she replots the books. Mm. But movies have to go at such a faster pace that 
her talent in leaving us clues is is gone and it's being detrimentally used because they're attempting to give us the clues but they're doing it so overhandedly and so confusingly that it's just you can't see but i'm clenching my fists (laughs) yeah and they're gonna do five they're gonna do five and it's gonna be i feel like it's i don't know exactly what the the calendar is uh is for it for them but um i think they're gonna be like nearly one every year that doesn't leave a lot of time for any sort of writing so it's just gonna be even they're just going to get gradually more and more rushed and the quality i feel is if they don't take the time it's just going to plummet completely mm-hmm. and you see that they're trying to make movies in a particular sense like they're trying to make the bl- the big blockbuster the fights the 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 marvel formula mm. i guess it could be called but the reason why the marvel formula succeeds is because they leave room for emotional moments and emotional relationships and i think that the director and and the writers and like a lot of the people involved in the creative team felt that we did a lot of the emotional building in fantastic beast one and therefore we don't need to do any in fantastic beast two other than with like the characters who we know can carry so like credence Mm. was really the only one who i felt really had an emotional arc because everybody else if they had an emotional arc it felt so far detached from their characters in the previous one that it it just yeah because on the first movie obviously there was a fair bit of it completely um like it embodied the emotional the there was a very emotional connection between the characters Mm -hmm. even in a loving way and there was no room for this in the second there was a, a bit at the beginning that was what like triggered Queenie to leave, but that's kind of all we really got during the whole film. And it 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 felt very like shoehorn shoehorned in, mm. like they needed a reason to make this plausible, but they didn't really give us anything to make it plausible. It, it was, it's just really annoying because I really wanted this film to be good. I I desperately. I wanted them to succeed in spite of Johnny Depp, mm. not fail in spite of Johnny Depp. Yeah. And he's not even the worst in this. Actually, even with all the controversy, I felt he played a pretty good Grindelwald compared to the rest, which is a bit flimsy at times. I mean, I would have loved for them to just keep the lead actor. Yeah, definitely. From I mean, it would have been better if he was not in it period but like i w- i would have just loved graves to have just been grindelwald the entire mm. time like that that would have been that would have been awesome for me like i totally i would have loved that um and i felt like that w- that would have that would have done a lot because i feel like what Depp did with grindelwald was he decided to make it a complete caricature of like all of the really kind of classic villains Whereas the reason why Harry Potter, like, even though Voldemort is this very deeply evil villain, like, 
there's shades of him that are unique and nothing about Grindelwald felt unique to me. Mm. It was the caricature of a basic villain. It, the problem with Johnny Depp when he plays a movie is that you know it's just Johnny Depp. He has like this special way of playing everything and that's what a bit disturbed me, I feel. But in the overall, I mean, he was... He didn't do much. Like, it like was just... He was fine. But fine for this villain who's been built up for... Years now. Years. Like, 20 years. Like, literally, like, we're... Grindelwald is talked about in the same breath as Voldemort in book one. Mm. That came out 21 years ago. Because that came out the year <laughs> I was born, and I'm 21. Um, so, like, we've literally been built up for this villain as he was worse than Voldemort. And to have it come out and be, super like... Super vanilla. Super, super vanilla. Like, even young Tom Riddle... <laughs> Yeah. was scarier and more menacing than Johnny Depp's Grindelwald. <laughs> I felt like I, ge- I, I saw him and I genuinely was just like, I, I want to laugh. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. scared. Yeah, even as an appearance, just a pure look. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a lot, Mad Eye Moody looked scarier than him, not going to lie. It was, the whole costume of him was just... Okay, he's got a bit of a weird eye. Yeah, that doesn't really make him a very menacing person. Like, it was it was not menacing. It was not, like, frightening. And to me, those frightening and menacing are two different things. Mm. Um, and it wasn't compelling. And those are three things that you need to have for a good villain, and that needs to be shown in the costume itself. And that was why I felt like the original Percival Graves, whose actor I'm forgetting, but, um, like, I I thought that he would have had the ability to carry that role. Mm, definitely. In a way that Depp just... Why did they cast him in the first place? Yeah, and why did they keep him? Like, they, the controversy around him was pretty massive at the time, and still is. And And, like, with the Me Too movement, it's gotten even even mass even more massive i was about to say massiver <laughs> that's not a word um like with me too it's it's gotten even more massive and i feel like the fact that jk rowling re- released a statement like standing by him it like just wrong it i feel wrong. like for a lot of people including me i was willing to give the movie the benefit of the doubt and i went into it not expecting a lot so to come out of it having gotten nothing that i expected and i expected basically nothing so to yeah. less than nothing it i guess because <laughs> nothing happened it was i read an article this morning and they said it they compared it to like the third of a net the third episode of a netflix series that just was there just to exist. And I thought that was, that really summed up the movie quite well. Because it was just quite a fast-paced, nothing-happened kind of movie. It was, like, the revelation at the end of Credence being Mm. Albus's brother, like, 
okay, that's that that's a revelation. Yeah. But uh, did we have to watch wait. a movie for yeah, wait two, two hours, hours yeah. for that? Mm-hmm. Especially when it's not like, like I can watch an entire season of a television show where characters go to point A from point B and the development is great, but they don't really move. But if they move backwards and they don't go anywhere, that kills. Yeah. It was a filler. It was a full filler. There was nothing else to it. It was uh, just, I don't know even how they even thought about the whole process of it and how it could be okay to film such a thing. I don't know where they're going with it. And like that to me that's almost a bigger worry about the f- the rest of the franchise because when when I think about like second movies when I think about like Empire Strikes Back mm. or Catching Fire or like I guess those are the two that I'm thinking of right now in terms of like big series mm. like a lot of the stuff that happens is a retool of movie one in a lot of ways. Like, they're Empire Strikes Back, yeah. there's the whole base thing, there's the rebellion thing, there's Luke going and training. Like, a lot of it is very, very similar beats as um, A New Hope. But the character development that occurs in Empire Strikes Back and the revelation at the end completely changes the face of that franchise. But we also know where they're going with it. We know they're going to save Han. We know that they're building the Death Star. We know that they have to confront that. Like, we we can tell narratively where they're going with the next movie. How they're going to succeed against those odds is the question. Whereas I came out of Fantastic... I came out of Crimes of Grindelwald going... Where are they going with this? Where are they going with this? What's the point of that revelation? Mm. I, I, I completely agree with, with that. It was... I don't even know how to say it. It was just... The pacing was so wrong. It was so wrong. We had a bit... The beginning, like the whole, the tiny beginning with Grindelwald Escape was pretty good. It was pretty good. Even though, like, the camera work put me off a bit. It was a a very, like, fast-paced... Let's just put the camera like just wiggle the camera around and kind of movement which i didn't really appreciate it really gave me kind of a headache motion sickness kind oh of yeah vibe. but that was the most interesting part one of the most interesting parts of the film and afterwards it's just one big blank we know it's like afterwards it was a now of oh yeah we want to kill credence and grindelwald maybe we can save credence okay Credent goes to the bad side. Oh, guess he can't be saved for now. Oh, he's actually Dumbledore's brother. The end. It's it's inexplicable how they decided that that was the best way to plot a movie. Because they could have, like, that's the thing is, you could do a revelation like they did at the, at the end of the movie, at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> And then I feel like the rest of the movie would have made sense. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it would have made sense that he would go ahead and, like, he's been lied to his entire life. He's already in Obscurus. He's already, like, killed his family. 
he's he's already got all this darkness inside him inside of him i could totally have seen that that revelation that i actually had family i had family who was like me i didn't have to be stuck in this cult mm -hmm. who basically declared that i was an evil being for my entire life i could have totally seen that turn credence like completely over the edge and made him evil and then i feel like the rest of the plot like them chasing him because there's that connection between newt and credence like <sighs> it's so bad yeah. that i have seen this i saw this movie last week it's still bothering still bothering you it's still bugging me mm. yeah i came out of the cinema completely crushed empty it was it was just sad it was a really sad moment I like the whole credence thing, ish. ish. I feel like, th th like you said at the beginning, the actor did embody him qu quite well, mm -hmm. and that helped quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, they could have started by the end. They could have just started from the end and gone from there. We could have had a whole movie that was just backstory, and it would have been a hundred times better. Exactly. It's just, it's so, it's so aggravating to be talking about a Harry Potter film like this. Yes. Because I'm obviously a huge fan of the whole franchise. Same. And the last, I didn't like the last one. And this one just made it worse. And it's it just really saddens me that we have come to this. It really... I, I kind of wish I had never watched them. I seem like I would... It seems like I would be better off not have done it. Like, not having watching these two movies? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I... Like, personally, I would have been perfectly happy with Fantastic Beasts as a standalone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I went out of that movie thinking... I don't... I don't particularly need to see another story with these characters. Mm. I like them. And, and the ending of the last one was completely coherent. They could have just finished it there. Exactly. Like, you left with Grindelwald escaping and Credence dead and Newt returning to England. And you, you left with all of these loose ends tied up. And it really, to me, felt like, mm. okay, that I was shocked when they announced another one yeah i did not expect one let alone four and i yeah i agree i could i left the movie not really liking the first one but it was entertaining it was something that i was it made me happy it filled my day in like an entertaining way whereas the second one was just a burden i felt like i lost two hours yeah exactly and that's two hours that I could have been spending doing a lot of other really cool things. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm only in London for an another month, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I, I definitely, I, I walked out of that movie feeling a way that I never thought I'd feel about a Harry Potter movie, which was the way I felt when I walked out of the Percy Jackson movie. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I see what I see what you mean. Which is the 
worst complaint I can offer is, a movie? That is, is quite violent. <laughs> but actually, it's they're completely comparable in that way. Yeah. Nagini. Oh, so... I mean, we don't get much of her. She's just that side character. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I feel like the problem is that you're making um, a person of, a female person of color become a snake and become subservient to a guy who's, mm. like, and then get a piece of his soul. And, yeah. like, there's that whole, like, power dynamics problematics with that but i must say i i liked the dynamic between her and credence yeah yeah they did the best job on the whole movie it was a good duo i would have liked to her to hear a bit more about her maybe like a bit of a, a bit of a backstory would have been nice i feel like the problem is is they introduced this concept without really explaining it. And so if you don't seek out J.K. Rowling and you don't seek out interviews, you're just like, why is she turning into a snake? What is, is she an Anamangus? And then, no, she's not. What is she? That's never really explained if you don't, like, if you don't seek it out. And a lot of people, I think, have stopped seeking J.K. Rowling out because every single time they do, they're disappointed. Uh, Yeah, totally. I've kind of stopped doing that. So I was just left with the tiny bit of information they give in, like, the the circus, the freak circus, Mm -hmm. about who she is and that she's probably at some point just going to become a snake permanently. And that's really all I got. And it was very disappointing because it could have been interesting to, like, dig in a bit more of that. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot more that could be said about the problematic nature of the whole like idea that she turns into Nagini. But I feel like as a white woman, I don't feel like I can offer any opinion other than it's really, really problematic because I don't feel like I'm coming from a place where like I can actually articulate it's problematic because of this and this and this so i'm just gonna say it's really problematic and it's not well explained and had she just been an Ana- an animangus and not been related to nigini at all that would have been way better that would be that would have made sense which is a phrase that i feel i've been saying a lot for this past half an hour because it just it's a movie that does not make sense it's a lot of untied knots that Mm -hmm. should have been tied at the end of this movie or they should have been tied before this movie and we could see the unraveling of them yeah but no that's not what they decided for us they just decided to kill us slowly i mean i think they genuinely think that we're just we're suckers for the universe and we're gonna go ahead and see the next one and see the next one and see the next one and i don't think i think they've they've stopped realizing that fans are more than pocketbooks it it was a massive cash grab and the problem is we're completely falling for it if there's a next movie even if i know i'll probably won't like it i i will probably go 
because just because I I always have this hope that that movie is just going to be the turning point of the series. <laughs> and it's probably not going to be. I mean, like in your mind what could they do to save it like speaking of um, the next films? Again, as I I mentioned earlier, I would like a more a bit more of character development. I would like to hear a bit more about the main character maybe cuz Newt is arguably well he is the protagonist and we don't know that much about him actually i'd like to know a bit more of where he comes from maybe a bit of that and that but for everyone cuz i'm not attached to anyone and that's kind of sad because harry potter really we indent identified with a lot of character everybody had their favorite character and every death all of that really impacted people and i feel like in this series if somebody important dies a lot of people won't really care about it i'm not going to care if newt dies like i got to be honest yeah. i i mean he could he could and it, he probably won't but he could and i would be unfazed by it completely yeah i mean i i absolutely agree with you i think that there needs to be more focus on the characters themselves and how they exist within each other. Mm. Not necessarily how they exist within the wider world of the Harry Potter universe. God, we didn't even talk about McGonagall. Um, uh, this movie. Yeah. Um, but I, d I do think that it needs to return to, like, a lighter tone, but I don't mm. know how they're gonna get there. It's it's a it, it would be a completely one eighty from the from the from this movie if they went from a very action packed because it was just a succession of different action shots, which was not what I wanted at all. Mm -hmm. And if they go from this to a oh calm light movie, it's gonna be quite weird. But I mean, they did that between one and two. Yeah, yeah, they did. But it was in the, the in the opposite order, which somehow made it less weird, but still bad. <laughs> so, I mean, they could just take an odd shot and go 180 again. <laughs> like, honestly, I have to say, I don't know how they're going to bring me back. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really tricky one. I will go and see it, probably. But will I be content with it? Probably not. Quote me on this next year. <laughs> Suppose we'll have to ask you again. Yeah, ask me again next year how I hated the next film. Because <laughs> it's, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, bye guys. Thanks for listening to yeah. our... Thank you very much. Rants, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, a big rant. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see you next week. See ya.